0: It's like, why do we always have to take the same role week in, week out? What is this? My marriage? Just kidding, everybody.
1: Oh Oh my god. That is the going at the beginning of the show.
2: That (laughs) is the the thing at the
1: beginning of the show. junction city podcast i'm your host dan martinez uh with me in the virtual octagon we're gonna go <laughs> special guest katie owens katie owens
3: <laughs> sorry cues are a little harder on zoom yeah. <laughs> um,
4: candidate for senate district 19
1: and then the rest of the crew Meg, uh, let's on, go. Oh yeah, yeah. I
4: just I feel bad. You guys, boys are always so good at sound effects and like. Let me try my do 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 do. Meg, No, no good. Yeah. Okay. That was all the
0: hype. I loved Thanks. it. Thanks. Okay. My name is John Miles.
2: Colby Peterson.
1: On today's show, we're gonna we sat down to talk about uh, fraudulent voting in Weaver County. Boo <laughs> no, Or the lack thereof. Or lack thereof. Exactly. Uh, with Ricky Hatch. And uh, we're going to get through some pinkies up, thumbs down. Uh, We got some events. And there was a poll on the forum. Oh, yeah. What's up? Dude, this, oh, is, yeah. this is a hard-hitting poll, it's, too. It's, oh, it's, wow.
3: It's,
1: it's, uh, But first, what's the Hap Haps, y'all? John, what have you been doing?
0: Dude, I went on this, uh, like, Republican gun party on Friday. Like, I went to... Pawn shops. I went to Impact Guns. I went to Smith and Edwards.
4: The Blue was... Sapphire next door.
1: Yeah. To
0: impact Guns. <laughs> you know, I was impressed that the Blue Sapphire is still open. Like
2: that is. A hey,
1: those relic. chicken. Those chicken wings on Thursdays, bro. Sure, buddy.
2: Dude, my buddy's my buddy's parents founded that place. It was it used to be called the Toolbox when they first yeah. it built.
1: Mm. Wow, I remember. I remember that being called the wow. Toolbox. It's still going strong. Like, are there, are people still taking off their clothes there?
4: No, I can vouch because I went last Halloween. Really? There's a whole story behind that people. Okay. I know I saw some moms and daughters that were stripping. I feel like we
0: are way off on this. You know what? (laughs) I saw a I saw I saw a tangent I liked and I went on it.
1: Yeah. No. (laughs) It's got real weird,
0: real fast. well same thing happened with the guns i was looking for (laughs) shotguns and then i talked to this guy at this pawn shop about assault rifles for about an hour and you know assault rifles are kind of cool you guys i shot one and uh and and you know it's like if you're gonna buy a gun kind of cool guns in general are kind of cool you know i'm one of those i love to shoot a gun i i could like if guns are going to be legal i'm going to own some guns. But if you guys, if you want to make him illegal, you want to take away everyone's guns, fine. I'm great with that too. Take away my guns. That's where I am on the issue.
1: So, like, right in the middle, like, you're just yeah. basically right. not taking a stance on either He's side.
4: He's a, a muzzle sitter.
1: <laughs> nice. You know? So, well, that's good. I mean, Meg, you didn't do anything. Uh, we just kind of. Oh, I know. I Meg. have something. Meg but and the Kobe. question
4: is. Bodhi, Bodhi, bring me the kitten. So our family met up with Malik, okay. and he had a litter of kittens, and Malik let us have one of his kitties. <gasps> oh. And so I know that we're a podcast, so who can see a kitten? But well, you, you can guys, see it if
2: you watch it on YouTube.
4: If you watch it on YouTube, you oh. can see our new kitten. My middle child pulled the middle child card and was like, everybody has a cat but me. So now we are a three cat family, thanks to Malik. And its name is Navy Bean. And (laughs) I have been dealing with Navy Bean. And I don't know if you can see YouTubers, if you turn on, where's my, look at my boo-boo from Navy Bean already. Oh, jeez! Oh my God. Yeah. So that's, that's my life.
1: Navy beans, Navy beans. Is that like the Adam Sandler thing?
4: That's exactly, that's exactly. That's yeah, exactly. And we go navy bean, navy bean, navy bean.
2: Kobe, what did you do? Uh, so I I wanted to one up John, and I went and shot guns in the western part of the county. I went and shot clays with a twelve gauge. It was fun.
0: What about you, Katie? What have you been up to? Are you are you like campaigning, or oh, I mean, are you? you are you shaking people's hands? That's my concern.
3: Campaigning remotely, yeah. I mean, that's, okay, okay. What's that?
0: Good. I just, you know, politicians be getting sick.
3: You don't want other people to get sick. I mean, that's the really terrifying part right now, right? Is that we're launching into campaign season. And, and what if we start getting sick and getting other people sick? And it's yeah. kind of a weird, scary time right now. Um, still, even though we're kind of on the upswing, but the case counts are still kind
1: of skyrocketing right now. So
0: I know it's a little scary how people are
1: being so lax. But Katie, too, you don't have braces anymore.
3: Yeah, I got them off three days ago.
1: Nice. Yeah. Congratulations! Congratulations! You look beautiful. Are your Thanks. teeth all slimy though? Like, oh, oh, is it all the glue it feels
3: different? That's for sure. So I was supposed to get them off on April first, and then the whole coronavirus thing happened, and then they shut down all the orthodontist offices and everything. So it was two months later than I would have liked. So that was a bummer. But yeah, fine. Enough.
0: Yeah. And Katie, can you tell us like how people can get involved in your campaign or get more involved with what you're doing?
3: Yeah, sure. My website is katyforutah.com So it's k a t y f o r utah.com, mm-hmm. and also Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Katie for Utah. Is,
0: is there stuff that people can do even though you're not out knocking doors and
1: stuff? Right. There's no primary or anything. So like you're in full swing, right?
3: Yeah, totally. So I've got signs. Um, so if you're willing to have a sign in your yard, um, got those going. Probably won't go real hard on those until after Labor Day, um, but have them available. And then also we're going to be doing phone banking. Um, could potentially be doing some knocking on doors. I just don't know yet. I don't know what the summer is going to look like. Um, so still looking for help on various things, um, but especially on the phones, because we can do that safely.
1: How right. large are your signs? Like, do you, you know, I was driving through... Weaver, or not Weaver, I was driving through uh, here in Clinton, and there's a big Greg Hughes sign, like a huge one. Like, how yeah, big a sign I, can we I get?
3: don't have the massive ones. I've got the regular 18 by 24. I. It's kind of funny, because I read all the rules about placing signs, and then realized that nobody listens to them. Um, so there's all kinds of signs around that are not technically legal. Um, especially the big ones. Sometimes, like, on the overpasses and stuff, you're not supposed to do that. And you see them
1: all over. That are up on the fences, right? Yeah, yeah. What the hell? Blocking
0: our beautiful landscape.
1: Right. Yeah. So, but we could we can purchase a sign from you. Yes. What's the question? <laughs> would
3: give you a yeah. sign, she would,
0: you would love to, for you to purchase it.
3: To get more signs. Yes, I love it.
1: Why did you laugh, John? She give you one. Oh, yeah. you'll give me one, and I don't have to buy it. No. Are you serious? I, yeah.
2: <laughs> I think I think the more effective thing to do is go and help her put signs up because, How, frankly... A, that, that is a terrible
1: you, business strategy. You're not you going to make do, any money on these signs. But
2: you do not live <laughs> in her district.
3: Yeah, it actually... Yeah, it's a good point. It's pretty far outside of my district.
0: Yeah. You're trying to sell a product, Katie. What do you thinking? What
1: are you doing? <laughs> All right, yeah, I didn't, didn't register it with me until later. But, yes. I, <laughs> so, wait. John could have one on his lawn, and so could Meg. Yep, John
3: yeah. and Meg are both in my district.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah, and I need one. You know what? I don't get any car traffic, but I get a ton of foot traffic. Just go take it out to that old pizza place. It's not there anymore, I
2: live
4: on a dead end, but my mom is prime real estate on Pleasant View Drive, so she will totally put one up.
0: Yeah. And
4: I accused mentally my neighbors of pulling down my gay pride flag. And I even went and looked in their garbage cans. <laughs> and then mentally. I was pissed and I walked back across the street to call my husband and rant. And then I'd seen that it had blown down and it was in the corner by my fence. So if my sign disappeared, I'd blame people and find them and hunt them down.
1: Uh, I feel Swanson. Yeah, I feel Swanson. Don't say it. You 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 said something though, Katie, which I, I, I just have to ask. Why until after Labor Day? I don't get that. What's the, Why not just have them up right now?
3: you can put them up right now if you want um more effective then because they're more likely to stick in people's minds um because when you're talking so i'm not up until november i don't have a primary so if you have them up for six months i mean you can have them up for six months if you want or not quite six months but anyway it's months um so a little more effective right before
1: Oh. but
3: if you want one i'll give you one
1: well you don't want to waste one on me though when you have you yeah know-
3: no, I'll give Megan
1: John one. Sorry. Yeah. Ouch. You got to get you got to get Meg's Meg's mom. Yeah, that's that's the one you got to get. What about a car sticker? Cuz I drive through Weber all the time.
3: You don't have any of those. If I do get some, I will give you one.
1: Or you know what? I was thinking uh, like trying to be innovative was like hubcaps. Or no. Yeah, oh, John, no. no, Kobe, <laughs> Kobe no. That face says no real quick. Okay, never mind. No, just
2: get just get like a giant magnet to put on the side of your 2030 Tesla. Ooh. Can I get a cape?
1: Oh, okay.
2: oh flags, Katie. You need gosh. flags just like Trump.
1: Flags and capes. And a cane. Cane. <laughs> I want to be
4: Mr. Peanut.
3: There actually are like the face masks. So people are doing the branded face masks. Oh, that that's I a like.
1: cool idea. That is a good idea. Yeah, I mean, it is a little, a little weird. You but... have
4: someone's name
3: on your face and I don't know.
1: <laughs> what about if it's just like K4U? Right, KD for Utah, or K four nineteen
3: campaign manager.
1: What's that? (laughs) You are shooting down my hopes and dreams. (laughs) This is the only way I was going to get out of my dead end job was to really impress you. That that was my a material was the hubcaps.
2: He's bringing his whole notebook full of ideas. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. binders full of ideas.
1: uh, well, yeah, really, though, <laughs> you should really go to her website because she's probably got really uh, great people that are actually running her campaign and good stuff there. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be talking, like I said earlier, we're going to be talking with Ricky Hatch about uh, Weber County elections and the kind of elections in a, a more broader sense, too. So um, we'll be right back. With Ricky Hatch and that be-
4: hey, in Ashley Wolfius and the Elements of Real Estate are proud to support the independent local journalism of the Junction City podcast. If you're buying or selling real estate, or if you need a certified residential appraiser, contact Ashley at the Elements of dot com or by calling eight oh one
0: three nine one eight five zero three. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with our special guest this week, Ricky Hatch, the Weber County Clerk. Welcome, Ricky. Thanks for
5: joining us. Thanks. Happy to be here.
0: Uh, so I wanted to start off with the most timely stuff because we've got primaries coming up for the Democrats and the Republicans here in the next little bit. Uh, so uh, the the ballots for the primaries, they've already been sent out. Is that right?
5: Yeah, they were mailed out on the 9th.
0: Oh, okay. Um, but then I've seen a graphic from your office that says people can update their party
5: affiliation by... June 19th right yeah that's correct got it June 19th is a big deadline for for this election okay well so I'm
0: uh, I'm one of those people who waited until the last minute to choose my party affiliation so I updated my registration last week and I think I probably got a ballot in the mail the next day I haven't checked so I'm <laughs> guessing I have a Democratic ballot in the mail and then I'm going to am I gonna get mailed a Republican ballot
5: yeah. So if you've, because, um, election officials, we, uh, our printers require that file to be sent to them much in advance, um, especially now with so many other States, uh, doing vote by mail. And so we sent that, uh, our printer, the, uh, voter file, uh, you know, 50 year 50 days before the election. So mm. naturally you're going to get the, whatever you were at that time. The good news is you can call our office and say, uh, I don't want to vote the Democratic ballot. I want to vote the Republican. You change your affiliation. And what we do is we spoil that Democratic ballot. What you should not do is mail both ballots. That's a felony. And you don't want to do that. And uh-huh. Even if you did, though, we would catch it because our system, when we scanned in your Democratic ballot or whatever ballot you spoil, we would scan that in. The system would say, hey, this is spoiled. We're not going to take it. And then that leaves it open for us to take the other.
0: So then I didn't even create necessarily that much extra work for you. It's kind of the machine's just taking care of it.
5: Yeah, it's not a big deal. It's just a, uh, checking a couple boxes on your All voter right. record. And then everything happens automatically after that.
0: Nice. And so so there's already the safeguard in place that's going to catch it if I try to vote twice. It's just going to immediately go.
5: Yep. And that safeguard is statewide. Uh, we have a centralized statewide voter registration database and controls are in there that as soon as soon as soon as we scan in one envelope, from a voter it locks that voter's record showing that we've received their ballot um, and uh, any additional attempts are, are flagged and and uh, stopped
0: so so does that mean if i were to submit my democratic ballot my republican one would become null even though i had updated to no you would be
1: arrested john
5: <laughs> no if i didn't vote <laughs> right. a republican uh no. no if you if you had spoiled that ballot then it would just, it would simply say this ballot has been spoiled and we would know that there's probably another ballot coming. And so that would count. As
0: oh, I see. I see. Interesting. And I mean, I guess I asked because there's a lot of controversy around vote by mail. There's a lot of people talking about it right now. And I mean, Weber County was maybe one of the earliest to adopt vote by mail. Is that right? We...
5: Yeah. Uh, Duchesne County was the first in 2012. And then Weber County started in 2013 with a special election and we, we gave it a try and Uh, So we were the first large county to do so in Utah. Hmm.
0: So, could you talk maybe just about more of those safeguards that exist uh, for vote by mail to kind of prevent people from, say, voting twice or uh, that kind of thing?
5: You bet. Um, And if I'm going too long, just let me know because I'll I'll ramble on all night about this. (laughs) Sounds good. Um, It really starts with the voter registration database. A lot of the controls are crucial in how you maintain that that list and how you get on that list. Um, And so what we try and do is implement the same controls that you would see in the polling place when people do in-person voting. We try and implement the same same thing with vote by mail. So the first thing to get registered, you will be verified against the Utah driver's license division and the social security uh, information. Um, And that automatically will prevent you from, uh, if you're not a citizen, we won't be able to register you because that will, that will not be confirmed with one of those or both of those entities. Um, we get regular updates from the Department of Vital Statistics. So if someone dies, uh, we are notified. We also look at the obituaries in the paper and we go ahead and mark those voters as deceased. Uh, and so it's pretty hard to be able to get into that voter registration database um, without the proper authorization. Now, federal law prevents us from asking citizenship questions uh, when people are registering to vote. Um, But the driver's license division, because they're part of the Real ID um, agreement, they ask that question. And so uh, we know that they have done that in the past. In addition, when you're at the driver's license, getting uh, getting your license and signing your name, Uh, We can collect that, um, and we know that that signature belongs to the person who has provided ID in person. It just wasn't at the polling place this time. It was at the driver's license division, but a very controlled process. And then we keep up to five of those signatures um, that we compare. When the voter signs the envelope to return it, we compare that to to those signatures to make sure that that the person who signed that envelope really is the person who uh, is in the voter database.
0: Yeah, I think that's something people don't realize. You kind of have a like a team of volunteers down in the elections office for the whole
5: three or four weeks that
0: the election's active,
5: right? We do. We actually pay them. Some people offer oh. to volunteer, but we, we do pay them. It's not enough because it's a it's a lot of work. But uh, we make sure they're trained. Uh, if they access certain parts of the system, they have to be trained in cybersecurity. And we all uh, train them in uh, handwriting analysis as well and have additional... Uh help them through that handwriting
1: analysis so like they could tell if i'm like anxious or like uh you know a murderer or something right because isn't that what that's what the handwriting that's
5: exactly it buddy Uh, yes and we looked at your envelope in preparing for this and so dan you're going to hear from our county attorney Uh, isn't
4: that an issue that a lot of people take though is what uh, who's analyzing their signature and then they have the power whether to throw out a ballot or not? I mean, what is the amount of training considering yeah. voting is our yeah. most powerful resource and then is Joe Blow deciding that my signature doesn't match? Because maybe I signed my yeah. ballot when I was sober and I'm drunk, you know, <laughs> 90% of the other or the time. Other
5: way. Uh, and that's a great question. Um, uh, we don't have everybody do signature analysis. It's usually our more seasoned helpers. Oh, cool. uh, we have uh, written guidance in addition to the to the training that we provide them. And the best control, the key control here is if they, they're they doing a first pass, a pretty quick analysis, if they fail a signature, it goes through two additional levels of review. And those additional levels uh, are done by uh, train, by the, the full-time elections staff who have done, been doing this for years. And then finally, by law, we're required, if we fail it on the third review, by law, we're required to contact that voter within 24 hours and give them a chance to cure that. Uh, and they there are a few different ways that they can do that. Uh, but really it's, uh, uh, that's the fail safe to make sure that I can't, you know, I don't like Meg and so I'm gonna uh, take your signature and, and, and fail it. You will definitely get uh, a chance to cure that before the elections final.
1: It, you said it was five, so it's they base it off of five different signatures that you have, right?
5: Yeah, the first pass just just looks at the first one, but we have four others that are available, up to four others, uh, and those are almost always election-related documents. Oh, okay. okay. Um, so if somebody wants to uh, change their affiliation, or if they sign a petition, or if they went and voted in person and we captured their signature, or if they signed an affidavit back to us saying, uh, I want to stay unaffiliated, or I want this kind of document, we, we capture those and so that we have a good baseline to compare.
4: You're not rifling through your trash, Dan. Well, I was I'm just okay. wondering,
1: like, so should I really be taking care, uh, or like taking the time to actually sign my name on things now, I guess?
5: Is what and talking. some people, yeah, I mean, we all sign differently. I sign my credit card receipts differently than an official oh, yeah. document. And sometimes you can't remember, or you break an arm, or senility sets in, or, you know. I used to
1: have You're customers. drunk. You're drunk. Exactly. Customers would come to uh, Laser Zone and they would draw like little ducks or, you know, little, uh, you know, well, adult themed things (laughs) on their receipts. But hey, I I can't imagine somebody doing that for the uh, election stuff, right?
5: Uh, You'd be Oh, oh,
3: no. (laughs) Mickey, you should mention too when your office actually did catch some fraudulent signatures on the petitions a year or two ago.
5: Yes, uh, we did. We, uh, um, we had one with the petitions. We had a that particular year, we processed over a hundred thousand signatures uh, that we were looking at and we have uh, a great team in house. And one of them started noticing a high failure rate uh, with the signatures and started looking back and I, and he identified some similar characteristics, even though the names were different, you noticed similar writing styles, the loops, the slants, the, the, Pressing how hard they pressed, uh, hesitation marks and things like that, and actually found uh, that a couple of the petition gatherers were just signing them, filling out, and they did a couple oh. of hundred fraudulent uh, signatures. Uh, we contacted them. We contacted our county attorney, and uh, they were prosecuted. Wow! Hey Wow! Don't mess around, uh, yeah. Ricky. I did have a question
2: back to when we were talking about. Um, real ID and the question of citizenship' um, we're, this year we're very focused on federal elections and also state elections but next year during municipal elections um, I had a question about you know if you're a, an expat or uh, maybe you're an international student or something like that and you live in the city are do you qualify for a city a municipal
5: ballot uh, how, how does that work yes you qualify if you uh, wherever your residence is established uh, you qualify for uh, both the county or the federal elections that fall within that jurisdiction as well as the city, it's the same qualifications.
2: Um, so, now
5: there are, are some small service districts that where the qualifications may be based off of water shares, for example. If you're talking about a water services district, those are
2: pretty rare. Okay, but if I, like I said, if I was a, like an expat, I was from another country, or um I was uh, just like a, a legal resident of the United States, not a citizen,
5: would I oh. still qualify for those for the municipal ballots? No, no, no. You don't. You don't the, get those. Correct. Yeah, you have to be the system okay. to vote in those. Okay. I want to talk about
0: I want to talk about election security maybe more on a broad national level. And so are you are you still on the Department of Homeland Security elections infrastructure government coordinating council?
5: Yes. Um obviously we haven't met for a while. We can now now that we're established, we tend to meet in person once only once or twice a year. It used to be a little bit used to be four or five times. But yeah, I'm still involved with it.
0: And, and you at some point testified before Congress on election
5: security. Is that right? Uh, yes. Uh, I was invited back in July of 2018 to testify before the House Oversight Committee hmm. um, about uh, election cybersecurity. It was a Thank lot you. of fun, a very uh, unique, interesting experience, and, uh, and I loved it.
0: Well, and so my understanding is kind of limited, but the way I understand it, sort of one of the keys of our election security is that there are county clerks like you across the country who are establishing and enforcing their own rules. And so it's decentralized in that way, and people can really govern it on their own. And that makes it very hard to, to, for somebody to attack, let's say.
5: So So, can you talk a little bit about that? You bet. The, the decentralization is fantastic. Uh, it's a great control. Some people th- see it as a frustration because there really are a lot of different rules Uh, But it does uh, prevent this kind of widespread hacking or or, or problem with the elections infrastructure. You have about 9,000 election officials or election administrators throughout the country. Um, Utah only has 29, uh, but Wisconsin, for example, has, I don't know, almost 2,000 because they do it at a city and town level. Um, uh, And and that's part of the beauty is, is how it is so widely distributed. Now, we do have to uh, adhere to a lot of the controls that are set at a state level, as well as some controls that are uh, set at a federal level. But uh, there is some variability uh, and choice among uh, local options.
0: And so when you're participating at a federal level, it's sort of like um, like you're evaluating those? Or I, I mean, what is the federal government's role, I guess, is my question.
5: Uh, they have a, a couple of laws. The National Voter Rights Act, Uh has a lot of influence in how we manage our voter registration databases. Um, In fact, you you hear people cry about uh, county clerks purging voter registration records. Uh, The fact is, we're required by federal law to do that at least once a year. It's good practice to to look at the rolls, make sure they're not loaded with either folks who have died, folks that have moved, Um, and in some cases, folks who haven't voted in a long period of time and where we haven't heard anything back from them. Uh, federal law actually mandates that we do that. Um, uh, There's another act called the Help America Vote Act, or HAVA, which was uh, put into place in 2002 after the uh, Bush v. Gore hanging Chad instance uh, back in 2000. And and that also has requirements. And we have some accessibility requirements that are federal uh, so that we can make sure that voters who can't write or who are blind don't have to Uh, cast a non-secret ballot. We have to provide options for them so that they can cast a ballot independently.
4: So how does it get pooled that in one breath we have, no, we have all these safeguards in place to make sure that mail-in ballots or there isn't hacking, but in the next breath we have a president that's currently questioning whether uh, mail-in ballots are any good. Where do you stand on, I mean, this is your job, but it's also, correct me if I'm wrong, your party.
5: Yes. uh, And that's a challenge. Um, For Weber County and for Utah, I feel very confident in the elections process that we have set up. I feel that it's a controlled, safe, secure system, uh, and that the chance and risk of fraud here is uh, very remote. Now, having said that, a lot of these states have been thrown into a vote-by-mail situation, uh, and they're not prepared for it. In Utah, we've been doing it at almost statewide for at least two years. And in Weber County, this is believe, the seventh year. And so it's a mature process for us. We're used to it. I feel really bad for states like New Jersey, um, North Carolina, and others that have, had, Michigan and Wisconsin, that had to move to a vote by mail without being able to really vet the whole process out. And, and some states have different requirements. In Iowa, you're not allowed to sign your signature, uh, to sign the envelope, which is a, a really strange thing when I heard it. So they have to implement different types of controls. I'm not familiar with all the controls that are done in all these various states. There may be states where this has been implemented quickly and there may be a heightened risk. I uh, do not subscribe ever to anyone making uh, 100% comments that are uh, across all states because each state is so different. And in some states, even the counties are different. So you're gonna have a wide range of risk uh, and uh, control on that. So Ricky, we want. I wanted to ask you, you know, like you said, because
2: each state kind of has its own way that it does things and that, that filters down to the counties. And like you said, even in the case of Wisconsin, down to the city, the municipal level where they're kind of managing that. I wanted to ask when, you know, now that a lot of states are looking, they're being organizations that you work with to get some of the best practices, figure out how they can do this. So, I mean, have you been, or have people, you know, been working in a and an advisory role to kind of help that
5: process be more smooth from the experience that you have? Uh, yes, uh, and it's a very collaborative group, the elections officials across the country. Uh, we've spent a lot of time over the past three months creating best practices that are made freely available to election officials and the public uh, throughout the country. And it's through this Department of Homeland Security and an organization called the U.S. Elections Assistance Commission, which was created by the HAVA Act. Help America Vote Act back in 2002. And their goal is to to provide resources for voters, but also for election officials. So I've reviewed uh, hundreds of pages of documents with guidelines on vote by mail, how to keep it secure, how to process it efficiently. Um, And we have great consultants like Katie Owens Hubler, who's um, probably been very busy answering questions, uh, as I have, of people saying, I don't know, how best do you handle this particular instance and uh, situation? Uh, So, yeah, there's a lot of discussion and a ton of resources out there available for free. That's great.
3: Well, can I just, and, and a couple of things that we haven't gotten into too much, this is all state law. So a lot of the things that are happening this year, honestly, it's too late to change a lot of it. You've got a lot of the legislatures that are not in session anymore, or even if they were, they'd have to call a special session to make a lot of these changes. So you've got election officials who are trying to adapt to all this, but in a lot of states, their laws just simply don't allow them to. Um, so it's been kind of a crazy year.
0: Um, so we talked a little bit about the politics of it, and this is something I've always been curious about because the the job of the county clerk really does not seem very political. It doesn't seem like you really get involved with anything too political i mean you kind of do your business um and then there's this other element of it where you are overseeing elections and so when there are conflicts um i mean i know i mean i was the democratic county party chair and every once in a while we would have things go on and people would just say well do you think ricky hatch is is playing politics playing his side you know him and spencer cox are working together to you know benefit their party. And I mean, I never thought that at all. And, and I don't think anybody thinks that about you, but I wonder if you uh, have any thoughts about that, the, the
5: politics of it. Yeah, um, and I can tell you, this is the same nationwide as I've worked with other election officials. Uh, we certainly have our personal beliefs, but I tell you, once we, once we walk in that room or put that elections administrator's hat on, uh, it is all business and it is all uh, fair and impartial. And we take that super seriously. Uh, now there probably are a couple bad eggs i'm sure there are i haven't met any that i was able to identify that but um and, and there's a little bit of a debate nationwide and, and katie might be able to speak to this as well as to whether an election official should be elected or if they should be appointed um, and i've really had to think about that a lot because if i'm an elected if i'm an elected election official um, that means i'm on a ballot that i'm administering uh, and that's happened a couple of times. Now, when uh, I am very careful with my team to make sure that I never touch ballots in a year that I'm actually on the ballot. And my participation is very limited uh, in those years. Um, but there are risks that come with being an appointed official as well, especially if the entity or a person that appoints you is an elected official who also shows up on the ballot. So it, it's kind of one of two ways, but I can tell you the election officials uh, that I have met We view it as a really a sacred duty to stay impartial when it comes to administering the ballots. We're the referees, let the teams duke it out, let them uh, play hard, and may the best person win. Uh, But I'm going to make sure it's fair, fair enough that the losing candidate says, I trust it. I trust those results. Well,
3: and I'm going to say, I completely agree. I think that election officials all over the country, for the most part, try very hard to do that. Um, There are some exceptions I can think about, not in Utah. Um, but I, for that reason i actually think that non-partisan elected um they should be a non-partisan office that's elected i was
1: just going to ask why aren't they uh, why aren't they non- non-partisan like a school board or city council or something
5: uh, that's a good question go. i think in um in morgan county uh katy is morgan county nonpartisan. all the county offices
2: oh, uh, there know. may be
5: one or two counties that uh, that have that where it is a non-partisan uh and i suspect uh I, I don't exactly know why other than maybe it's convenience if you see a, a party listed after someone's name you have a super rough idea for the values that they stand for and things uh, may, maybe that's it or maybe someone just hasn't chosen to tackle that yet. Hmm. well would that uh, bother would that
1: bother you if if it was uh, unaffiliated
5: uh if it were unaffiliated let's see i don't think it would um it, it does, uh, it makes it a little bit harder for voters. Uh, it it forces the voters to actually research the candidate, which is what we all want to be honest. Uh, well, and just this year we uh, took off, the legislature took off straight party voting. So that's gonna happen a little bit already.
0: Well, and there's an interesting thing that maybe, I, I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but I encountered it as, as county party chair. Um, and I, I think you may have ran, uh, one or two times unopposed but i know we never really got a lot we never got somebody coming in and saying we got to get ricky hatch out of there like you're pretty well respected people know you do your job well so then i feel like the only time that we really did get somebody coming in and saying we had to run there was somebody who said the democratic side needs to be represented we need to have somebody on the ballot and so so that's an interesting facet
5: yeah yeah I'd, I'd love to be uh, unopposed, but I've had opponents each time. Oh yeah, I say that kind of facetiously because I think when you're opposed, it makes you a better candidate and it makes you a better elected official. So I actually welcome um, welcome it when someone you know costs money, more money than normal, but uh, it makes I think it's better for all of us when when we have opposition.
3: Well, and again, I think that's why it's important that it's elected overall, too, because then if you do someone who's not doing a great job, you can go in and kind of campaign on them not doing a great job.
5: Whereas if it was an
3: appointed position, I think it would be harder to get rid of that person
0: potentially. Yeah, that's a great point. And so that does make me kind of curious about the path to the job, though. I mean, does it do do you start as a politician or do you start as a um, I guess I don't know what that skill set is, but a a
5: county clerk. (laughs) Um, a lot of a lot of elected clerks uh, do come up, th- kind of through the ranks, or they work in the clerk's office and then choose. Uh, I had I never had any interest in working for government or being an elected uh, uh, public servant. I, you know, I worked as an accountant in Los Angeles, and I remember they interviewed me and said, "Hey, do you want to work for government?" And I said, "Who would want to work for government? That's got to be the most boring job. Never would want to do that." And but I was always passionate about elections, and I was always passionate about finances. And I got involved after moving back to Utah. I was overseas for a while and um, got involved with the local Republican Party. And I, I, they started breaking my stereotypes. I thought the people who were involved in the parties were egotistical, ladder climbers. They all just wanted to uh, eventually be in charge of something. And I really didn't see that very often. And so I thought, I want to be more involved in this. And I feel like I have something to contribute, and it wasn't until after I'd done that for almost 10 years, someone said, you want to run for clerk auditor, and I said, well, what do they do? They handle elections and money, and I was like, holy cow, you get paid to do that? Uh, And that's when I looked into it and decided to throw my hat in the ring, and um, and when I talked to election officials across the country, uh, less than 1% of them said in college, I want to be an elections official. It's almost always coming in through some side aspect where you're kind of tossed into it and it gets in your blood and it's really hard to get rid of. You just, it's a passion. There's
4: definitely a view in Weber County. And I can say this as someone who's a long time Weber County resident and had my family settle Weber County. There is uh, a view of a good old boys club uh, currently with the commissioners that we have. And I don't, I definitely can say, I, I don't know that your name has been thrown into that stew, but I don't think that it hurts you to have that R next to your name when you have a number of incumbent commissioners and, you know, other city mayors and things like that. So what's your reaction to the idea that the, the county that you are working for is comprised of a good old boys club?
5: Um, well, I, I've struggled with that and, uh, and I've often thought, am I, am I a good old boy? I mean, I've been elected for almost 10 years now. Does that make me a good old boy? Wow. Uh, and uh, I have to I have to say that people that I've worked with in politics, uh, especially local, the people that I've worked with, when I talk to them and we meet and it's just us and they have no reason to um, put on airs, I really honestly believe that uh, they are in it for the right reasons. Uh, and I just don't, it's really rare that I run across someone who's in public office and I think, yeah, I'd, uh, I'm not feeling that. Uh, Public service uh, vibe here. Uh, that's that's pretty rare, uh, and especially at the local level, I really feel like they're they genuinely care. And the the, the commissioners that I've worked with in the past ten years, regardless of um, who they are, they put in a ton of hours. I mean, they that is not a forty or fifty hour a week job. That's they they work hard, and and that's what I've seen. Uh, I, I see them participate and work hard. I see that with all the other electives. That might sound like a good old boy response. Uh, (laughs) So sorry about that.
4: (laughs) No, it's a very good response. What were you going to say? Oh, yeah, they're good old boy a-holes. I hate them. Throw
5: them them all
0: out.
1: (laughs) 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 That's going on. Yeah, that's going to be our
0: (laughs) Yep. We're isolating that. That's the whole show. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Could
4: you also note that Megan said a-holes?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's being so good with their language. Well, uh, Ricky, I had a couple of questions about um, just some the the Weber County Elections Office. I feel has done a really good job, especially on social media, of uh, putting out reminders to register to vote. Lots of funny little things on Instagram that you uh, you all do that are really good. And lately, they've been putting out a lot of, I guess they would they've been putting out pictures or um, just posts that dispel myths about vote by mail and about the elections process and a couple of the big ones that i wanted to ask about was the first one we hear about there's a constant trope in elections and i'm sure you've heard it a million times that all all these dead people voting all these dead people voting could you you know address that and talk about you've talked about it a little bit about the obituaries and how you all go go to cleanse those but how do do you how do you make sure
5: that you quote unquote dead people don't vote Uh, it's a great question First off, um, the State Department of Vital Statistics, anytime anybody dies, regardless of whether they're homeless or or where they are in the state, they get a death, not they, their family or uh, a death certificate is created. And that is registered with the Department of Vital Statistics and uh, tracked there. And we receive, election officials receive notifications of uh, deceased individuals from that department. So we are constantly cleaning our rolls of people who we have been told has, have passed away by an official entity in Utah. So that's probably the strongest control. The, the second one is we do look at obituaries. Um, and then the last one is the signature. Someone, whoever is going to try to vote, let's say they get somehow are not removed from the rolls for some reason, someone tries to vote. It. They better know their signature well enough and be able to uh, forge it well enough to get past our, our trained reviewers. And now, and, uh, the other one I wanted to ask about Wait, was. What if
1: it, what if it, okay, hold on. I got a question really quick before you move on. So, what if it is a transient that like dies, right? And John Miles finds this transient's stuff, and this guy has never signed anything before. So, John Miles votes for him or votes, you know, for this transient that's now dead. Wow, this is, yeah, this, is, this is a killer story. Yeah, this is this is quite a quite a situation. It's oddly specific, right? No, no, no. But it's how would happened you before. Catch this, and he did it person? wearing tights and yeah. a wig.
5: In order for them to register, we have to have a signature. We will not register someone without having their signature.
1: Right, but what if John was forging that signature and you didn't have a signature from before? Uh, what if I oh,
5: registered as the dead transient? Right, that's okay. the one, yeah. <laughs> uh, you need to you need to prove ID either through the driver's license division or through social security. You need to provide us with some sort of ID. And if you did that and it was your first time voting, we would actually send you a letter or in, in the ballot, in the envelope that we send to you, there would be an insert that says, this is your first time voting. We need, your, we need you to include a copy of uh, photo ID that proves to us that you are who you say you are. Now, photo ID, we wouldn't know what the transient looks like, but we would know if it's a valid uh, ID because we'd run it through our system.
4: Dan, they've uh, thought John, through John, all of your John would have taken.
5: Okay? No, John would have taken his wallet,
0: though. Yeah. In, <laughs> Do you think he's a transient. To he doesn't have a wallet. Oh, right, right,
1: right. <laughs> there isn't a wallet. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. fine. Daniel, that's you. not
4: PC. I don't think this is a, a publicly correct uh, conversation. He said are you supposed to say transient? transient. Yeah.
1: What do you want me to say?
0: Bumps? Yeah. Like, I think this will say like bumps? home transient film like oh, home
4: sacrifice. Right. I don't know. Uh,
5: mental moat <laughs> check dance. Right? i gonna you know, say no, mental moat no, 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 check no. danza uh, <laughs> voting.
0: History.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to keep them on their toes, man. All right. That's all it is. I'm trying to keep them on his toes. We
5: like it. Keep asking the hard questions. Good job. The
2: hard questions. My, my last question, Ricky, was about um, was about uh, 2016. Uh, there was uh, some concern of election interference, not necessarily election fraud, or, but uh, there have been concerns ever since then about hacking the vote, right? It's a thing that we hear about in the media sometimes, and I wanted to know, uh, what are some of the precautions that Weber County has so that hacking the vote the way that people think can't happen?
5: Well, um, that's a great point, and that's really what led me to get involved at a national level with the Department of Homeland Security, um, was looking at that, and that threat is real. Uh, Now, the threat is heavier on what we call the meddling side, so it's not necessarily hacking the actual vote, but it's going on social media, and uh, uh, documents and court cases have shown time and time again, uh, the Russians, their goal is just to stir the pot they love having us fight each other. They think that's, they love these riots and I'm sure they're right in the middle, uh, posting and, uh, and fomenting that situation. Uh, and they actually don't care which side wins, they they just want us to fight. Uh, but on the actual hacking part, first off, our voter state voter registration database is very well secured. Uh, and I, I don't wanna take the time to go into, but there, it's a series of uh, hardware, software, consulting services, testing, backups, and interfaces that uh, are uh, keep that database re- really well secured. If someone blew up our state capital where they host our voter database, um, within the next day, we would have a current, uh, current up to the day before database. Um, so that is a very, very secure system. And that's crucial when you're talking vote by mail because so much is based off of that voter registration database. Now, when it comes to actually touching the machines that we use to tabulate, and scan. First off, we're paper-based, so there's always an audit trail. Secondly, all of our equipment is not connected in any way to county networks uh, or to the internet. When we have tabulation scanning machines, those are on hardened, hardened networks uh, that are not connected in other ways. And we have additional controls. No one can touch those machines until they've completed cybersecurity training uh, uh, every year. And we also have other controls that I won't go into, but they there are controls that help ensure that these machines um, um, can't be physically uh, penetrated uh, nor logically penetrated. And on top of that, we perform um, testing. We perform audits both before and after the election on our equipment. Uh, and we also do audits that, uh, of the signature verification process, uh, both peop- signatures that have been re- accepted and those that have been rejected, we make we audit that process. And we ought to do an actual audit of the tabulation results that we we go backwards and make sure that there's a random selection that's done by the state elections office. They give us the the random sample. We have to go back, identify those uh, specific ballots. And it's not people's names because we don't have names associated with ballots, but we can identify the specific ballots. And then we compare those to what the system said was recorded. And we compare that to the actual looking at the ballot, um, and audit that. And in the ten years that I've seen those audits being done, I uh, have never once found a discrepancy. Our team has never once found a discrepancy between what was on the paper versus what the system thought was on the paper.
3: Can I ask another election question or am I oh please sidelining you so I'm curious about preparations for what this June is going to look like, but also what you're thinking for November. Like if we see another surge in COVID-19 cases, or what are some of the preparations or contingencies that you're planning for for November?
5: Oh, that's a good question. We've been worrying about November for about the past six months, even before the the coronavirus. So um, we we want November to look like what we wanted June to look like before the state legislature got involved. uh, and that is not drive up voting. We don't, we don't think that's a, a really a good solution. And uh, we weren't super excited when that got passed, but we'll, we'll make do and we'll make it work. Uh, we're hoping, I think it's probably gonna look more like the presidential primary uh, looked like, uh, just a lot bigger. So we're gonna continue to focus on encouraging people to vote by mail. That's a good safe way to vote um, as far as health concerns. Uh, if you don't trust the post office, drop it in a dropbox. We've got those throughout the county, uh, usually within one or two miles of a, of your normal residence. Um, yeah, and- we should
2: note that uh, those those boxes are at all of the county libraries and they're in front of all of the town halls in your yep. in, in your in the county.
5: Yeah, and, and, uh, and there's one in front
2: of the library on campus that we were seeing.
5: That's right. We were saying We got a new wow. one there. Uh, and those are open 24 hours a day. and We have security measures surrounding the safety of those boxes as well. So that's crucial. Now, back, we did something a little bit different. Uh, so back in 2012, we had um, 62 polling places for the 2012 presidential. Um, uh, two years ago, or um, yeah, in 2018, we had seven polling locations. Um, and in the presidential primary, we had one polling location. That was at Union Station. We wanted to try uh, a, different, um, a different method or a different format to see if we could better serve our voters. Um, in Weber County last year, 97 and a half percent of all ballots cast were cast by mail. So there's a really small group of people in Weber County who wanna vote in person. We love that group. Uh, for June, it's gonna be a real problem for them just because of what we were handed from the state uh, and with the, the health concerns but we will never take away your right to be able to vote in person. Uh, However, we can better serve the voters, we found uh, through this experiment, by having one centralized kind of mega vote center. Um, It allowed us to serve voters with disabilities a lot better um, and and it helped us especially to be able to ramp up at 5 p.m. when that line starts going out the door, we were able to throw extra resources to it like we couldn't do when we had seven seven voting locations. Right, uh, the, the jury's still out. We're still looking at some data from, from the presidential primary, but uh, we were operating at about 30% of our capacity at the Union Station, and no no voter waited for more than 10 minutes, uh, even during the heaviest time of the day. And so we we're kind of leaning towards that. It looks like that's that's what we want to do. Um, uh, and, and we honestly feel that since every voter is mailed a ballot, And they have multiple ways that they can return that ballot. That's secure and cost free. Dropboxes don't require postage. Um, For those who want that same day or in-person voting experience, we'll provide that as best we can, uh, of course, in a safe manner. Um, But we want to that's kind of what we're thinking about.
2: Ricky, uh, you talked right there at the end about that uh, we. We talked about the, the drop box, which is the best way if you're going to drop off your ballot. But if a person does put a ballot in the mailbox and for some reason they don't put a stamp on it, what happens?
5: Uh, we receive it and we receive a bill. So uh, and we, we thought about, is that something we should advertise? And I thought, you know, if you can pay for a stamp, but I tell you that you can do it for free, most people are gonna do it for free. And then what that does is that that creates a tax burden for, uh, you know, spreads it across the county.
0: Yeah.
5: Uh, and so we haven't advertised that um, heavily um, because, and also because you have uh, uh, drop is so close to just about everybody in the county. Uh, however, if you don't have access to a stamp, don't have the money for a stamp and don't have the ability to drive a mile and a half to, to drop it off at your city hall, please throw it in the mail, we'll accept it, and we'll gladly have the rest of the taxpayers pay for that. That's, that's a service that we feel is appropriate.
0: Yeah, if it's gonna be the difference between you voting or not, then you want them to vote. Absolutely. So let's let's touch on those dates again. Uh, June 19th is the very last day for somebody to update their voter registration if they want to participate in one of the primaries for one of the, the two parties. Uh,
5: that's correct. You have to be registered by June 19th or or you're done. Um, And that's just for June. Um, But that's the key deadline. Now, uh, and if you want to switch parties, if you belong to a specific party, and you want to switch over and vote for the other one, got to do that by June 19th. Can't do it after. If you're an unaffiliated voter, you have a little more time. But keep in mind, we've got to mail you a ballot. Uh, Mm -hmm. So you want to do it uh, right now, so that you're not waiting on election day saying, where's my ballot? I've got to get it in because we don't want to have you be disenfranchised because you waited too long to change your party uh, to, to affiliate with a party.
0: Right. And so as long as I do it by the 19th, I'm, I can expect that you'll mail me a ballot. And then I've got to have that back in the mail by when? Uh,
5: it needs to be, uh, of course, in the draw box you have up until 8 p.m. on Election Day. Normally in Utah, it has to be postmarked the day before Election Day. Uh, and so if you go into the post office, it's 4.50 p.m., you tell them I want you to stamp it, stamp the date on there, so that we can see that. Uh, the, the state legislature opened it up because of COVID. They changed the uh, voter reg- or the postmark deadline to actual election day, so you can actually have for this election postmark of election uh, election day.
0: And what is election
2: day? Uh, June
5: thirtieth. Tuesday, oh. June thirtieth.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, Ricky, so that may affect potentially the results that come in, depending on how close races are and ballots to be you know, mailed in.
5: Yeah, I'm yes. sure they won't,
2: they won't take more than a day or so to get to you guys, but then you still have to work them.
5: Um, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because um, generally people, about half of all ballots cast are, cast, are given to us or cast in person uh, the Monday or Tuesday before election. So it's a really high number. Now we have we bust our butt to try and process as many of those as possible, but COVID's introduced a new issue, and that is what if those envelopes are tainted, and so we're actually going to quarantine, most of the clerks in Utah are going to quarantine those ballots for a period of uh, 12 to 24 hours, some were thinking three days, oh, wow. um, but what that means is instead of having 80 to 90 percent of all, all ballots recorded as of election night, I think we're going to see 40 to 50 percent. Um, because of that quarantine and because we're so focused on making sure our uh, in-person voting is safe um, so it's going to be really a uh, really low percentage reported on election night having said that it's a small percentage but it's a really good statistical sample of the county because that those votes represent uh, people from all throughout the county so generally if unless it's a razor thin margin on election night you're probably not going to see a change between election night and the end of
0: well, thanks again, Ricky. We really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we've talked before about how we appreciate the work you do. I love everything you're doing to uh, educate everybody about vote by mail and election security right now. Uh, so thank you for coming here and, and doing it with us.
5: Yeah, you bet. My pleasure. I love uh, love Junction City podcast. You guys do good work, and it's a lot of fun thank to talk you. to you. Yeah. Thank you for being thank here. Thank you, sir. <music>
2: Hey, JC Peeps, it's Colby, and I want to tell you about our new home, Foley's MMA. Foley's MMA offers classes in boxing, kickboxing, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu for ages 5 to adult. All experience levels are welcome. It's owned and operated by our good friends Disco Dave and Sana Foley at 31st and Washington Boulevard in downtown Ogden, if you know where it is. It's right next to Kiesel, uh, the Kiesel Services place. So uh, I came to Foley's MMA, uh, gosh, it's been a while ago, and uh, I really wanted to uh, help out in the community. I helped uh, Dave and Sana start a nonprofit that helps kids uh, get in here and uh, get their, get, uh, learn how to box and those kinds of things. And so uh, from there, my wife started coming. She's been um, almost weekly attendant here at Foley's MMA, uh, loves it, always loves her gym family. And so if you want to be a part of that gym family, you should come on down too. So if you're interested or just curious, check them out at Foley's MMA.com or follow them on social media to learn about. Upcoming classes, they've got a lot of them uh, It's a solid gym with good folks And a great place to learn, train, and get in shape So, oh, the last most important piece Officially approved by John Miles So check them out
1: Welcome back everybody uh, Again, thanks go out to Ricky Hatch uh, And Weaver County Elections Everything they do for us there um, Polls, what's up? This week we had a poll And we had a lot of people voting Yeah uh, John, thank you for this one it says, "It was okay, but seriously, what do you think of swearing on the show?" So overwhelmingly, a lot of support for swears. A lot of support for swears. I don't know how to. I don't know where we fall on this. I mean, we're
0: asking our listeners, so they're the people who have stuck through it,
1: right? They're the people that they're are pow- powering
0: you know, through the I never the shows. said
4: cusses until I worked in a newsroom. And then it was just lots of cusses. And I just felt like I'd come to my homeland because I could say cusses and everybody's just like, oh, it's fine. You know, yeah. but
1: mm-hmm. now apparently
4: mean. in polite society, cusses, not so good. See, PTA, I want to stop you there. No
1: cusses. Polite society. I don't think society's polite anymore. And I think that we've got the green light to swear as yeah. much and say,
2: whatever. You can thank I, Eddie Murphy for that, dude. Because think about it, Eddie Murphy Raw, is where it all starts.
1: I thought George Carlin.
2: George Carlin sucks.
1: George Carlin did see. He did have the just seven. Just kidding. I got. I got no beef. Seven <laughs> words. You can't say on. I think
4: he's dead, so I don't know if you can have yeah. beef with
1: Tell me about. Uh, tell, tell me about the poll. Okay, so twenty-two <laughs> JCP peeps. Uh, yeah, overwhelmingly, were uh, JCP peep, peep voted. Uh, be real and swear swear it up. Authenticity will attract the right audience. That was the most voted answer. Uh, we had s- seven people, so this was like the the, the second most, uh, but it was way behind. Was it's okay sometimes, uh, but maybe tone it down to increase shareability for certain guests. And so then- my mom voted. Yeah, my mom won't
4: listen to the show because her daughter says the F word.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the last one was Democrats aren't afraid of Megan's (laughs) F-bombs. Can I I
3: ask an existential question? Like, do you want it to be shareable to more people? Because if you do, then you might want to watch it. If you still would rather just it be, I don't know, you know what I mean? If you want it to be the same audience that it is currently, then I think go for it. Um, if you do want it to be shareable a little more outside, maybe rein it in a little bit. I didn't vote, but I would have been on the side of with certain guests. So I, have I do to appreciate though.
4: tell you though. it in
3: a little when I'm on. For instance.
4: Like, there's nothing that sounds better than saying, fuck, Phil Swanson. And so oh, I can't dude. say the hell with Phil Swanson. I have to say the whole sentence. There does, is no other way. Good.
0: I'll give you that. He's, Phil, he's so say, red. cluck, Phil Swanson.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah cluck... <laughs> <laughs> Bill Swanson <laughs> uh yeah you know what I've been toning down the swears anyway you
0: know what Dan you've uh, done a terrific a job I just wanted to let you know on air great job buddy
1: yeah you know it was not believe him dude it was I don't believe him my time off of Facebook I really got oh, to have like you know, because I was—I deleted my Facebook for a long time. Oh, you, you did? did? Who yeah, knew? I wasn't on Facebook, and, and now uh,
4: he's always available I on it. Really he went from had... like no but yeah. now he's like a big old Facebook. Now he sends you.
0: me messages every twenty-five minutes.
1: <laughs> Just Shut leaks, up, John. John. Those were for <laughs> you conspiracy and you theories, and, you and
0: then stupid videos of his feet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's not true. You're, this is all false. <laughs> Oh you my got gosh. something
2: going on. He doesn't send me that stuff. No, I no. get just bunch of thumbs, not, not a thumbs up.
4: I get thumbs up all speaking the time. Of feet,
1: speaking of feats, speaking of feats, we're gonna move straight to pinkies up, thumbs down. Thanks a lot, Bad. John, for that. Bad it, no. pinky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Kobe, you got a great pinkies up. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm gonna let you just take it and roll. Like yes, yeah, so I have two pinkies uh,
2: two pinkies up this week. The first goes to JCP Kevin Lundell at Roy CrossFit. I don't know if you guys saw <laughs> the article art. in the Standard Examiner. It talked about after the president and CEO of CrossFit National uh, had some not-so-nice things to say about COVID-19 and protesters and all this on Twitter, Kevin decided to say, you know what? We're going to cut ties. We're not going to pay that money to be a franchise of crossfit any longer and so we're gonna part ways change a little bit of what we do but it's overall what we want to believe with our business so pinky's up to kevin lundell for being willing to have the the guts to do it and um i hope it pays off for him uh
4: the, I, I was pretty impressive to take on you know and it shows he was in the right because what happened glassman stepped down
2: oh yeah and so yeah ex- exactly like you can't uh you can't be out there saying garbage like that, man. Yeah, if I uh,
1: were more in shape, I would totally support his business.
2: Yeah, and then I had another, I had another peekies up to, uh, Weber State because I don't know if you guys saw this afternoon, but we got a quarterback in Ogden, man. We are getting an FBS transfer. He's coming down to the FCS level, Weber State from Middle Tennessee. This guy's gonna be incredible. Can't wait. We got a quarterback. I can't wait to listen
1: to all those uh, games in my warm vehicle oh, or man.
2: at my house. <laughs> Soft.
1: Or do what so I do
0: and don't even listen to them. Oh, so that's a,
1: that's a good one too, John.
2: Yeah, John says he's going to show up to the tailgate and never never shows up uh, all season. I right? showed
0: up. That's I right. showed up.
2: Did you? Hey, that Kobe, you we are going
1: to have some memorable. tailgates though, right? We should. Do, we are definitely going to do the tailgates this year. Oh yeah, we yeah, kind of dropped the ball last year on tailgates. At Kobe Mar- didn't. No, I totally didn't. tailgated I was there. it
0: like every single game.
1: Yeah, I was there cooking food <laughs> alone, oh, but yeah. I did it. When I say okay, but but what about the ambiance and not the ambiance? You know, just okay. We no. dropped the ball, me and Shane and John. We should have been there, Kobe. We should have been there to back you up. I know, dude. Can't, but can't now that we got a quarterback, you guys. now that we got a quarterback, we'll
2: be there. Well, we got a, we got a good one, guys. I'm I'm excited.
1: So <clears throat> all right, I'm, I'm no gonna promises. give I'm gonna give my. Oh, are you done?
2: No, I got one last one. And so thumbs down to uh, I put nice guy Republicans acting like they're cool, but really they're going to do the same thing. So I had a tweet this week where I said, you know, everybody's piling on Greg Hughes. Oh, Greg, Hughes sucks so bad. He sucks so bad. But really, Greg Hughes is just saying out loud what all other Republican politicians at that level are going to do anyway. You know what I mean? So Spencer Cox and John Huntsman, they're going out there trying to be the nice guy. Like, Oh, I love the jazz and I love the killers so much. And Greg Hughes is so mean and he supports Trump. And it's like, yeah, but you're going to do all the same things that Greg Hughes is going to do. Once you get elected, you're just trying to be nice guy about it. And it's garbage vote for Chris Peterson.
1: I'm with you on that, buddy. I am with you on that. Uh, That's a great segue into my pinkies up, which is to us. Because we've been putting out some really good content the last few weeks. There's no segue there. I was just joking. We have been. Oh, my gosh. Like We've been talking to real people real people that actually do stuff and their words mean things brian king uh angela choberka uh we ha- we are gonna be uh, putting out the uh miss betty sawyer and and dr boykin's episode man these ones have these last few episodes especially i've just been like not that your episode katie hasn't been great too I was going to say I'm a little
3: insulted for the record. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all really fantastic people, so I'm impressed too.
1: But yeah, like I've just been super impressed with uh with with us lately.
0: <laughs> I love it when we're the pinky. At <laughs> what about you, Katie?
1: I, I've
3: got a thumbs down for the amount of coronavirus cases that are skyrocketing over the last right. little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little scary again. Um, but yeah, so. It's not You're fun. What was oh, it? The one time that we hit over 500, it wasn't that long ago, two or three days ago, I hit 500 new cases in the state.
0: I know. I know. It's like just doubled. And nobody cares. Yeah. We I had, mean, had a stupid Democrats. concert
2: in Cedar City because because uh, that'll show them. Wait, who shows that,
1: up? That ended up in Cedar City then? It did end up yeah. there?
2: Yeah. Um, who shows up? Sean Reyes, freaking loser. And- oh, I
4: know. And he tried to look so. Like, I'm with you guys. And it was just such a clear, like, schmoozy, gross campaign.
2: I want that guy to lose so With badly. Guy Fieri. Yeah, Guy Fieri was there.
1: <laughs> no, he was not. What? Yeah. How did I miss this? <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> I'm not sad, but I just was like... Whenever it's like seeing, you know, Bigfoot or you know, uh, the Loch Ness Monster, you he was wearing like a weird Bigfooty shirt. If you see Guy Fieri in the wild, bro,
2: in (laughs) the wild, Cedar City's the wild. Sounds scary. Tell tell (laughs) tell SUU that that their school is trash. Love Colby Peterson.
1: Boo! Dang, I know. Getting some man, you are killing our southern uh Utah demographic. Uh so let's did Meg, did you have any?
4: Uh I had one, but I feel like I, I'm so negative because it is it's a pinkies down and I don't know. My child needs to vacate the premises. I'm sorry. Seriously. <sighs> yes. Uh Saunders signs. I know everyone's like, oh they're so good. They decided to put up the Black Lives Matter signage till Monday. But I just have to note that they didn't want to put up the Black Lives Matter signage. And then also, um, John DeLynn from Mormon Stories Podcast a while back tried to buy, so <laughs> my husband's going to yell at him. That's funny. Tried to buy some signage as well to put up You Are Not Alone, MormonStories.com. And Saunders sent him saying it's against their morality clause. And they found that it was against oh, no. what they thought was appropriate. And all it was what? was You Are Not Alone. So they're not only going to put up not, Want to put up the black lives matter stuff but they also didn't want to put up you are not alone yeah you know? i don't
2: yeah i don't love that guy but at the same time it's like dude come on let him put his thing up it's, you know what so what yeah you're ripping off michael jackson who
1: cares right because of the song nobody all right gotcha
4: everyone. gotcha okay you John are Miles. not alone i am here with you yeah
1: you remember that video that was weird right with the presley Right? With his wife. I had pre- to
4: ballet dance to it, you guys. But that you, was my ballet dance. Do you remember the video, though? Like, they were
1: yeah, both naked. It was so weird. How yeah. nobody talking about this? Yeah. It was on <laughs> all We all were very 13 weird. and it was on MTV and they were both naked. It was weird. John Miles. What? No pinkies up. You want to talk
0: about that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I had a, No, my pinky was to Kevin Lundell because uh, he's a. Uh, He's a good dude, and he cares about the community. So,
1: yeah. So somebody already took it. Awesome. Yep. Okay. Uh, moving on. Upcoming events. Uh, I'm gonna read this one, but I don't know. Like, if you hear this, it's probably already happening because this is for Tuesday, June 16th, the day this episode's supposed to air. Yeah, but it's a it's, treat for the people who listen the day it drops. Let's hear it. Okay, yeah. it's Boss: The Black Experience in Business Discussion and Film Screening. It'll be an online meeting. It's going from six thirty p.m. to seven thirty p.m. Uh, and it's a it's an
2: actual the the movie, right? That well, so so the the discussion about the film will go from six thirty to seven thirty. At seven thirty, they will screen the film. This is at the Utah Film Center. It's part of um, the Juneteenth celebrations this week. So if you want, if you want to get the link, you need to go to weber.edu/juneteenth, and you can find it there.
1: I wonder not- if they record them and you can like watch them later. That'd be kind of cool.
2: Likely not because they're screening the film.
1: Dang. This is this is
0: the sequel to Boss
1: Baby. <laughs>
2: no, <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: oh <my> God, John. <laughs> <laughs> crushing it <laughs> crushing it he's
4: the sequel to boss you're, baby john you're uh, the sequel. you are the boss sequel to baby, the boss,
2: baby. <laughs> john miles all oh, right oh, it's sort of like you, are you guys horror movie fans at all no. i am yeah do you remember how they did um haunting in connecticut and then the sequel was a haunting in connecticut and then it was in georgia
1: no. remember that? Oh, yeah I'm
2: not, no i'm not that big of a look look it up it's ridiculous completely ridiculous i'll go watch completely
1: ridiculous <laughs> boss baby john miles uh friday june 19th state of black utah town hall this will be an online meeting from six thirty p.m to 8 p.m
2: this is on juneteenth the yeah, day the,
1: the actual day so um, nice. log in there and and go to the town hall i mean we've been we had a great discussion and, and the show's probably up you yeah you go. know what juneteenth is you learned it from here yes yes you should be, you know what, matter of fact, you can listen to that episode again on Friday. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Saturday, June 20th. Actually, you know what? It's a big deal. You really should uh, get out into the community, go <laughs> to these things. It's a, it's a really big deal. I don't want to like just <laughs> gloss it. over. Yeah, downplay. It. It's a big it's deal. It's not our thing. We don't downplay stuff. Saturday, June 20th. We kind of do, but uh, <laughs> Weaver Dems Coffee Meetup. This will be at the northwest corner of the Ogden Amphitheater. This is in person, so wear a mask and stay six feet away from Zach Thomas. (laughs) That guy's got blue hair. Yes. I just wanted him. I just wanted him to just paint himself blue. Like why? Why? why, Katie, if you raise fifty thousand dollars. Can we commit, like, will you commit right now on the show no. that you will bl- blue yourself? Don't no. do it, Katie. Nope. <laughs> she's, she's like, no, She's a no.
0: Ah.
1: <laughs> I will. Nope. If you raise $50,000, I, okay. I will. Nah, that's too Is much. Is the
4: term blue yourself? Is that the I, correct <laughs> terminology? Blue.
3: Yeah. No, no, that's no, that's no. That's
1: Come on.
4: I'm
3: gonna
1: call you if I hit that just so you know. Wait, well we'll, uh are you close?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. She's gonna hit fifty thousand for sure.
1: I just wanna be clear that it's not me fundraising for you, but if you happen to hit those numbers, (laughs) then we'll talk. Uh Sorry, I'm sorry See, this is us downplaying the Weaver Dems copy See, Uh that, that me hey, They have happy. cornhole
2: though too They got these really cool Weaver Dems cornhole sets It's, it's going awesome. on from
1: 9.30am to 10.30am That'll be fun, fun times Also, what's going on Juneteenth, uh, the commemorative caravan At the Marshall White Center Um and th- This is going to happen during that, that time It'll be 10am Pretty much right um, after. Well, actually, right it'll after. be the lineup. So, yeah, you'll be able to go to the we- uh, we- uh, Weber Dems Coffee and then go to Juneteenth. Commemorative Caravan. It's a, a lot to say. Uh, but it starts at 11. So, if you're by chance not at the, the coffee thing, be there by 11. That's when it starts. And then, Saturday, the next Saturday, June 27th, is the 8 Can't Wait Rally for Police Reform. This is held by a uh, friend of the show. This is going to be ho- not hosted. And Kitty but, Ambassador. And Kitty Ambassador Malik Dio. Uh, this will be at the Ogden Municipal Building. Um, same place that we did the uh, the, the kneeling. Um,
4: Black Lives Can't Matter. And uh, the kneeling in solidarity for George Floyd.
1: Right. This will be going off from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. So good stuff. Wear,
4: wear a mask to that too. Oh, I yes. can't tell people enough that it's amazing when you get press coverage how much um, call integrity and why can't I think of the word I want, but credibility when people see that your gathering is wearing masks and social distancing, yeah. it, it really lends to what you want to say.
2: Yeah. We, and I would say you can go up to Weber state and get yourself a nice neck gaiter.
4: Oh my gosh, you guys, that was my thumbs down. I just remembered. I didn't a write neck-gaiter. it down. Gaiter. Not a neck gaiter, but no. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. No, I did the Utah every mask for Utah thing
0: uh-huh. almost two Order months one. ago?
4: Ask me, where, got my Ask me my where my masks are. Ask me where my masks are. And yeah. so then I heard a woman in Walmart masks? ranting about how she never got her mask. So really, I think that's a real breakdown of a program there, Utah. Another
2: another no bid contract that went to Kodapax. Exactly. Uh, okay, oh, sorry, that was my thumbs that. down. Yeah, somebody should look into that.
1: Oh God. Well, now we got to go all the way back to Pinkies Up Thumbs Down. I'm we'll start kidding.
0: over.
2: The start show. the
1: whole show over. Uh, also, Saturday, June twenty seventh is the Weber Dems uh, garbage pickup. You know how I know that because I said that I was going to do it with Shane Forster. Oh.
2: <laughs> oh, you you and Shane, you guys are going to go clean up the highway. I'm going <laughs> to no, drag Shane. I'm going to
1: no, drag Shane out of his bed, and we're going to go do that shit. I oh, did man. it last Sorry, year, and it we're was really stuff. fun. I did it last year, and it was really fun. We're going to find bags of pee. We're going to find, uh, no. I'm sure, used condoms and <laughs> no. bloody, like, old Band-Aids. No,
2: don't go there. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, but let's have a side <laughs> bet of if they really go.
2: Side I bet. found old you know campaign signs. Put it,
1: put it in the forum. Side bet and put – that's the
2: next poll Suck. is the, does Dan – Dan and Shane go no. to yes. the Weaver Dems Highway cleanup.
0: Side bets go in private because I don't want it to influence you guys. Well, <laughs>
2: doesn't
4: Dan live in Davis County? And Should yes, he be cleaning up his area? Davis, Davis County's a trash hole. But
1: here's the thing is I feel terrible for <laughs> – oh, that was low. That was
2: low. <laughs> it, it wasn't though. It I'm from there. I grew up in registered. Clinton.
1: It was a trash hole. It is not. Kobe and I are cleaning it up. One oh, neighborhood no. at a time.
2: I still got to work on my sprinkling system, so everybody in the neighborhood hates me.
1: Me, you, and Tab Uno—that's us. Uno. Yeah. Tab Uno. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's all that's going on. Uh, come uh, to uh, the the Weber Dam's cleanup because that'll be fun. You'll see me there. Maybe I'll live stream from there. Oh, what about that, Kobe? What about that, John? That would Sub- be great. Uh, yeah, be Mike.
0: Great. Hey, if you guys uh, like the show, uh, you should yeah. rate us on. Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, you know share, Spotify, yeah, all those. And share
1: this show with your friends. Share yeah, it with your friends. we
0: post every week. We sh- we share a graphic of what the latest episode is. You can share that on Facebook so people can subscribe. You can uh, rate us five stars. But yeah, mostly we want local people to know. So tell your friends, get the word out, let them know. Yeah. They can subscribe, subscribe to us anywhere. Like us on and- Facebook.
1: Join the forum. Get involved. Comment yeah. on. Or take a poll. Yeah, go to um, our forum. It's good.
2: Our answer. We our also, question. so going back to what we had done before, where we said if you rate the show five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever, you give us a good rating and take a screenshot and email it to junctioncitypodcast at com. We will give you a sticker. We have stickers. We have stickers. They're show there them, for Bobby. you. It'll show really them in there. real life. I don't, show <laughs> I don't oh have man, one with we me. We did
1: this last oh time.
2: You don't get to
0: see it. You don't get to see it unless...
4: We have
1: stickers,
0: but <laughs> you can't see it. Oh so you got to rate the show <laughs> to see it. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, man. It's exclusive. So John
4: had some. John, where's yours?
0: They're upstairs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Mine are upstairs. That's
0: so so yeah. is that it? Oh, and then uh, Patreon. You can find us on Patreon. Junction City Podcast. We're going to have some news coming out this week. another way to get a sticker. Yeah. We've got some cool stories coming up. If they're working out. on it, and, and working. on if it. If you give enough yep.
1: money, you can be a guest host on this show. Yeah. Right, Katie. Not that you gave money, but
3: as you say, I don't give you money. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no. We just like you enough that we're like, hey, let's get her on the show. Well, She's you know great. what? You're run here for, run
1: for something too. Also, <laughs> JC Peeps, run for something, and you'll get on the but show. Hey. How about that? Hey, Katie. Thanks for being a guest host. Oh, thank you. And right. uh, yeah, like we say every week. All
2: politics is local.